You're listening to Rookie Pirate Radio, the official anime and manga podcast for InBetweenDrafts.com. I'm John Agroni. And I'm Travis Hymas. And today we're doing a manga recap of One Piece chapter 1107, titled, I've Been Looking For You. And Travis, that is remarkably similar to what I told you after the first time we did one of these manga recaps. It's almost like spot on. It's almost as if you've been channeling the spirit of Bonnie as Straw Hat the entire time. It didn't even know. That or I'm sending Oda little missives with uh, little tidbits about our podcasting journey. Now, as usual, we're going to be discussing spoilers for the One Piece manga up until this point. You know the drill. So if you have not yet read chapter 1107, be sure to do so now for free on the Viz website or the Shonen Jump app linked in the show notes, our show notes, as always. And remember, all new One Piece chapters are available to read for free up to three weeks after their official release whenever you want if you're subscribed to Shonen Jump, which we are and do recommend. And I know one other thing we like to recommend is talk to your friends. Travis, I I feel like it's important to talk to friends. Sometimes I struggle with it a little bit, Travis, because I'm not always sending out the emails. I'm not always getting emails and I don't really like to use social media anymore. And, you know, Travis, I guess I just don't have a place where I can connect with other One Piece fans, but I guess I just have to get used to that. Let me just make sure I understand here. So what you're saying is, is that sometimes you don't, you know, you don't have the tab to our email inbox at rookiepirateradio at gmail.com. Wait, I'll hold say on. It you again. say it again? I need a pen I and say paper. It again. Yeah, you got to write it down. That's rookiepirateradio at gmail.com. But you don't always have that open. You always forget it because you got, you have to, you're writing it down right now. So you need something else, something, something maybe not in a web browser, but maybe in its own app uh, that you could just always have available. Uh, and let, wouldn't you know it? I've got just the thing for you. You have a solution to this? I have a solution to You're this. You're like a Swiss uh, Army man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, you were going to say knife and you said man, and that completely sent me. Uh, much movie. like these great movie, but much like the. I could, I'd love a place where I could talk about that movie with other people, right. but the, no, yeah. it doesn't exist. Well, no, it, it does exist because much like the actually surprising range of Daniel Radcliffe, uh, the app Discord uh, will allow you to join the In Between Drafts Discord server. An app, where, and it's called Discord. Where, what? It's called Discord. Discord. How do you spell what? How do you spell Discord? Uh, D I S C O R D. I did not sign up for wow. spelling. I did not sign up for spelling bee for this bit, uh, but. Much like Daniel Radcliffe's range, uh, there are all kinds of channels within that server. There is a film channel where you could just jump in there and talk about Swiss Army Man to your heart's content. Uh, we have a anime and manga channels, uh, books, music, games, and we do in fact have a channel specifically for One Piece spoilers, so you can discuss your theories with us and correct yours truly whenever you need to without fear of spoiling anybody uh, who may not be caught up yet. I can spoil One Piece. I can talk to other people who are caught up with One Piece and they're not annoying. That sounds amazing. And I don't have that to go is, to Reddit. You promise? That is, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the best part is everybody in our spoilers channel to date has great reading comprehension. It's wow. magnificent. And media literacy, too? Yeah, they're the smartest bunch on the internet. Wow, I can't wait to go to that part of the Discord that I definitely have commented in before. Thanks, Travis. You always give me such great lessons. 
that's what I'm here for. But I guess, Travis, now that you've had your time to shine and you've been the, the wise sage, Kid Thunder, everybody knows you, I guess it's time for me to unfortunately go through the main beats of chapter 1107 because I think that they're going to, you know, maybe, maybe they're going to take both of us down a peg in terms of predictions, I guess. Uh, yeah, but you say unfortunately, but given how hype this chapter was, I, I'll take the L's as they come, honestly. So I thought you were going to say, it. like, instead of unfortunately, you're going to inevitably, expectantly, inevitably. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, I, oh, I got next leveled by Oda. Big surprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it is it is Tuesday. Um, all right. Oh, technically it's Monday, but, you know. I mean, I mean he, he listens to the podcast, so of course he knows what not to do, right? Yeah, that's canon. We confirmed that. Um, so there you go. Uh, all right, let's do these main beats. Here we go. I'm excited. So we start off chapter 1107 with yet another reader request. They never end. And this one shows in law napping with a snow leopard, much to Beppo's dismay and jealousy. And I, I always feel something similar whenever Travis, you record a podcast without me and I like go over to the, the inbox and I see them like, oh, it's, it's Travis and Quinn, you know, drinking some vodka and, and Wish that was me. <laughs> but anyway, uh, onto the chapter proper. Uh, we pick up right where we left off with Dory and Brogy, the ogres, uh, well, giants, but you know, they're epithets. And they're swinging onto the scene along with the legendary giant pirates. And yes, that includes Oimo and Kashi, which we speculated in our last recap might be showing up here as well. Uh, they were, of course, the two guard giants from Annie's Lobby who Usopp befriended and whatnot we see a glorious double spread of the giant pirate crew disembarking on egghead island to help out the straw hats by fighting off the navy warships and then yes Usopp does spot them from afar it was great that oda could fit that in there and he of course refers to them as master brogy and master dory he's respectful he comments to nami chopper and edison that he is glad that the giants met up because he was worried they wouldn't be reunited at Elbaf. Which, Travis, I have to put in a little note, little thing here, that this almost makes me kind of wonder if Oda is directly commenting on reader expectations, talking to us directly about maybe not getting our hopes up about going to Elbaf. But I'm going I'm to let that rest for now, because, you know, you know me, just stirring pots when uh, it's not the time. Anyway, so all of this prompts the Straw Hat crew to get serious about escaping the island with Nami checking in on Brooke and Lilith. Lilith mentions that they still need a way to pass through the barrier without exploding. Also calls Brooke a bonehead, which is a little mean, but funny. We cut to Jinbei, who is still on his way to try and help Zoro. And then we immediately zoom over to where Zoro is fighting Luchi still. They appear to be evenly matched, but not necessarily going all out yet. Uh, Luchi is trying to taunt Zoro and call him dead weight. But of course, the vice captain ain't having none of that. Uh, anyway, next we see the Marines reporting to Vice Admiral Red King, a vice admiral who has made his debut in this arc, to be clear. And the Marine scouts tell him that they have so far lost about 30 small and mid-sized ships out of their total of 100 and that number is still rising as a result the marines pull back the small ships so only the battleships will move to the foray remember a battleship is considered the equal power of a pacifista at least the mark one or mark two whatever it was on Sa sabaody uh, but anyway red king laments 
But this has happened because they now have to fight the pacifistas, their own military weapons. And of course, as a reminder, that's because we learned last chapter that Bonnie has a surprise authority chip power over all of the Kuma-specific pacifistas. Finally, we return to the main event, in which Luffy is in gear fifth. He has cut off Saturn's attack with Bonnie, Sanji, Kuma, Atlas. Maybe Frankie is there. We don't see him in the panel, but he shows up a minute later. And also a gravely injured Vegapunk, who is observing, they're all observing Luffy doing the kind of Nika groove up in the air. Luffy asks Bonnie why she's crying, and she answers, with the title of this chapter, it's because she's been looking for him. Luffy laughs this off because they've been together this whole time and he doesn't understand what she means. So Bonnie explains that she didn't know he was Nika. Luffy even takes a second to coach Bonnie on her wimpy punch. And she says she wants him to show her how it's done by pounding Saturn for Vegapunk. This is something you and I did predict that would happen, uh, that she would witness him doing this to Saturn and all that. Luffy agrees as Saturn glowers, and he uses a new move called Dawn Gatling to send Saturn flying through buildings, just like I think when Kuma did the same thing to him. So Saturn's just getting launched over and over again. Only way to really deal with the guy. Uh, now, immediately after this devastating attack, Frankie tries to get Bonnie and Vegapunk to hurry and escape, but Vegapunk tells Bonnie to go ahead because if he moves now, he will die. Right then, Kizaru powers up a light beam to finish them off and tells Vegapunk he'll die whether he moves or not. But Sanji deflects the light attack with a single kick, and we even see his twirly eyebrows switch directions, indicating that he's activated his, his inherent exoskeleton German 66 special power mode, or whatever we're calling it. I don't know what we're supposed to call it at this point. Uh, plus, Sanji explains that he can deflect a laser beam because love is stronger than light, and he's right about that. Kizaru wisely confirms that yes, in the One Piece world, physics as we know it is certainly dead and has been dead for a while, I personally think. And then we see Frankie and Atlas escaping with Bonnie in tow. I guess Bonnie didn't, doesn't have her tearful goodbye with Vegapunk. Neither does Frankie's. So that's a little strange, but whatever. And they're headed for the Northeast Shore. Uh, that is leaving Luffy, Sanji, and a near-dead Vegapunk in Kizaru's way as he declares that he has to take their heads back with him, at least in order to save any face. We then cut to Saturn in a pile of rubble, and he encounters none other than Katarina Devon, who speculates about his strange powers and says she's never heard of the five elders coming down to what she calls the real world from their lofty perch. She then says mission complete as she pats Saturn's spider leg, and when Saturn asks what they're doing there and why savages from level 6 have been pelled down are answering to someone else, we see Van Auger is here as well, and Katarina claims that Teach is special, which is certainly one way to put it. Saturn seems to agree because he notes that Blackbeard has a special bloodline as well. So gear up your Blackbeard-related Rocksteezebeck theories. But anyway, Saturn finally asks what the strange Blackbeard pirates are really after, and Van Auger merely replies, Sekai, or the world. This was clearly a ploy by Saturn to delay them so he could do a sneak attack, but Van Auger warps himself and Katarina away to safety. Lots of Van Auger uh, stocks have been boosting lately between this and the anime, uh, seeing him lay waste to Cracker, uh, which has caused some some tiffs in the One Piece community. But anyway, next we see that Katarina and Van Auger only warped a little distance away on the island, and that's apparently because Van is still training his devil fruit. 
And then that opens the door for Caribou to burst onto the scene and pull a full-on Bartolomeo. He's been a super fan of Blackbeard. Blackbeard's the reason he came out to see all that nonsense. He wants to be one of Blackbeard's goons. End of chapter. No break next week. Plus, we're getting a color spread. I want to start with this, Travis. I This is where I want to begin it. The Blackbeard Pirates are here. We've been waiting for this. Two things have been tied off at last. Um, where has Caribou been? Uh, because, you know, I kept going on and on about Caribou helping York and all that stuff. Ended up not being the case. I, I was thinking that, you know, the Blackbeard Pirates were going to maybe like steal away the Seraphim and do stuff like that. None of that either. It just, they just showed up and they just they did something on the island and they copied Saturn's powers. What do you make of this, Travis? What's your reaction to this? I mean, we we had kind of toyed a, a, around with the idea that they were uh, impersonating someone. Uh, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I don't think we at least had actively entertained that the entire point was to get someone to impersonate, which is, again, kind of getting next leveled by Oda. But wait, uh, especially I, I've heard this going around because people have been saying like, oh, they went there to copy Saturn, right? But they didn't so, know so Saturn a, was going to well, be there. So, so here's my, you know, this is me dredging up my Blackbeard slander a little bit okay. where I, you know, this is this is more about fate working in their favor. So here, here's the sequence of events since this arc has begun. Blackbeard went to Amazon Lily and encountered the Seraphim. From there, he has not a great experience. And then we see that the Blackbeard Pirates have split up. My my guess would be if I'm teach, I'm sending a couple of my captains to Egghead to either get the Seraphim, find a way to destroy the Seraphim or find a way to control the Seraphim. And everything past that point is dumb luck. You know, maybe they learn about the authority chip. Okay, great. Then then Katarina can copy Vegapunk or Sentamaru or or anybody who has, you know, somewhere in that hierarchy of authority that might be disruptive. The fact that Saturn is there is just beautiful. Chef's kiss, dumb luck that puts his plans back on track. That's what I was going to say, because I think they went I think they went there to yeah to impersonate Vegapunk. That's that's my thinking. And it's just easier now because because, you know, and this is this is worth pointing out, too. We know that, number one, Katarina Devon can impersonate dead people uh, because we saw that demonstrated with Absalom. Yeah. Uh, But we don't know to what extent that impersonation actually takes. So the fact that she mentions his power, not specifically a devil fruit power, but a power there that's associated with that before making physical contact it, it kind of plants that seed in your head that maybe just due to the fact that we're dealing with yet another mythical zoan that yes. that opens up some potential you know things we don't know what the rules are yet and the mythical zoan fruits kind of have taught us at this point that the rules don't matter save for the ones that they set one thing so, to keep in mind but so this is the dog dog fruit uh mythical type yes. model nine-tailed fox and Whenever something is invoked in one piece that has something to do with Naruto, you better expect that Oda is going to be very careful about it because he's always been careful about it. Didn't we talk about or did I send you that thing about how Sanji was originally named Naruto Um, and literally Oda changed his name to Sanji because 
he did not want to have any kind of conflict with the Naruto manga, like which was coming yeah, out. Yeah, he did it. He did a it as a after. solid. He did it as yes. a solid so that Kishimoto wouldn't have to change it for himself. Somebody would have had to change it, right? Literally, because so his name is yeah, his name is going to be Naruto because of his twirly eyebrows and that meaning like whirlpool kind of you know mm-hmm. the the whole deal. Yeah, you did. You did send me that. I do remember that. And, and, and you're right. Trying to do something different with it. Of course, the nine-tailed fox in Japanese mythology. I'm, I'm sure you could probably talk about it more. It's than prolific. I could. It's everywhere. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it's it, in it, Pokemon. In, it's yeah. It's in different contexts too. So, like, you know, the nine-tailed fox as Naruto uses it is very different than like yeah, how Pokemon or something else would. Um, you know, e- even even similarly designed ones like Yamato's Devil Fruit, you know, kind of falls into that same vein. So we don't really know, you know, what the rules are here. But regardless, what whatever else, you know, just as as Bonnie was able to impersonate somebody and walk through some doors in Mary Joa, technically Blackbeard now has that. Mm, yes. Which is uh, wild, but I do think that that tracks because that my thinking was after the whole thing at Amazon Nili with Boa and how powerful the Seraphim were, the, the, I do see like Blackbeard looking at that as a prize. But we do have to remember that he also wants a bargaining chip. He wants a way to like have his like Blackbeard has said he, he, wants, he wants a way in. Yes, he wants a way in. Right. He wants a bargaining chip, not necessarily an authority chip. But what could that be, right? Or how could he do that? How could he earn that? And it's still so mysterious. I think it's helpful, too, that we get this wild Blackbeard confirmation. Can't gloss over it that, yes, his bloodline is special, which we have been kind of like expecting to be the case for a while. And then I, I'd say that kind of flippantly of like the whole, like Blackbeard being connected to Roxy Zebek, maybe being his son, whatever it is. I, I think it's, it, this is, this is the easiest time to be a fan of that theory. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where I was hoping we would get like a, a an Artur video kind of like confirming exactly what the words are here. And sure enough, it's exactly as the Viz translation puts it. So uh, it would be weird if it was anything else. Um, I did, I did, you know, I did see some further theorizing that took it a little bit further that what makes Blackbeard's bloodline special, whether he's connected to Zebek or not, is that he's a descendant of the original Joy Boy, who whoever had that, you know, whoever had that epitaph 100 or 800 years ago, which would be an interesting twist uh, a little bit, kind of like a, tr- a, tw- a, a flip of the head on the legacy thing. I don't know if I buy this because mostly because of his very specific devil fruit hunting like blackbeard will take any powerful devil fruit he can get that much is clear but for himself he was looking for a very specific one and if he was going to be connected to joy boy in a way that he was aware of the the darkness fruit is not the one he'd be seeking right so i'm not a huge fan of that theory myself but i did want to bring it up here i I think that another thing to remember is that he could be you know I think I saw plenty of people being like, is he a buccaneer? Are we doing that? And if you recall, we talked about how like maybe the secret power of the buccaneers that Vegapunk was alluding to could be the ability 
you know, to hold, to inherit somebody's will in a special way. And I don't think we talked about it then, but I think one of the interesting pieces of evidence to Blackbeard being a buccaneer was the idea that he seems to be able to contain multitudes, you know, like to be three different people um, in one body. And that's why he doesn't sleep. And if he was a buccaneer and he had the ability to carry different wills, like, he could like inherit the will of like three different people. It could it easily would, be it, something like that. It would fill in the gaps on that longstanding theory on the on the three person theory, the yeah. the 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 non-binary blackbeard theory. There's, so to there's speak. like he inherited Joy Boy, Teach and Zebec. You know, just just putting that out there is like what some people might think. I don't know. But it, it, it's one of those things where like the, the question now loops around to what does that even mean? Because Zebek is still very much an, an unknown quantity here. Even with the... We know he wanted um, to be king of the world. Which we know he wanted to be king of the Van world. Van Auger's which, statement there kind of in that light when he says... Van you know, Auger's like full Chad delivery of like the world. Good, good job there. <laughs> nice jojo reference but but yeah it's it kind of brings to mind like where does zebek fit into all of this in terms of did he know stuff he wasn't supposed to know what did he know is this what put roger on the scent of of laugh tale you know we there's still so much we don't know yeah no for sure for sure and we're kind of lingering on all the blackbeard stuff i think for me it's because this has been teased for so long. We've been waiting to find out like why they're here. It is a bit of a surprise that we have Katarina Devon and Van Auger here, but we don't see Lafitte. Now that doesn't mean Lafitte isn't there. I think that there's still plenty of space for us to assume that he's around since he's like the last Blackbeard pirate unaccounted for. And I think it's okay to assume that Van Auger, a pirate who can warp, you know, would be able to get from Winter Island to this place at this point. Um, this is a day after the whole the stuff that happened with Law, I think. At least a day, if not more. Right, and, and all so, he would have needed to do was warp to a boat, right? He didn't necessarily sure. have to go island to island. Yeah, it's, it, it, he could just kind of warp and be on the ocean. I mean, I don't know how difficult it is for him. You know, he kind of says that like he's still training it, but what does that really mean? Who no, knows? Yeah, well, we saw we saw the raft coming in, so that I assume that that's where he warped to, was to the raft, and then went ah. the rest of the way. Yeah, so Lafitte could still be around, you know, because they don't go to whatever ship they were on. He could be on that ship. Who knows? Um, we don't know what Lafitte was up to, if Lafitte was uh, gathering intel or, you know, I, and it could be a while before you find anything out. I have a feeling we're not going to check in with the Blackbeard pirates uh, immediately. I could be totally wrong, but um, this feels like one of those moments where, you know, maybe in like uh, a while we'll find out that like now Caribou is like, you know, Blackbeard's like shoe shiner or something like that. But I could. Who knows? Maybe they're going to play a, a role in the escape. How do you, uh, how do you feel about the betrayal of Swamp Nakama here? You know, it's for me. It's a betrayal of my predictions because I was so sure that Caribou. I mean, we we knew for a while that Caribou kind of wanted. Like you and I both speculated that he wants an out with Blackbeard Pirates. Makes perfect sense. He's mentioned it. Um, him being a Bartolomeo doppelganger is pretty funny, and also. I, I, I somebody mentioned not in the discord but i think one other uh, another one piece uh thing i was seeing somebody was just like oh how great would it be if caribou and bartolomeo were a 1v1 at the end game <laughs> that would be such a great battle because uh caribou's yeah. like swamp powers versus the barriers right that would I've be such an interesting a matchup a, a, a lot of uh, a lot of talk about that and that would be that would be one of those things where like 
yeah, how much time would you dedicate to it? And, and the answer is, is how funny would the outcome be? And exactly. the answer is very much so. Yeah. Um, what a what a wild journey for for Caribou. Um, I know you and I don't like him, but it is kind of interesting to see him kind of like jump over Blackbeard. I think the implications are wild. The, because uh, the, he the knows, reality. He knows some yeah. stuff. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, once again, Caribou Ex Machina here. Uh, he knows about Wano having it. Wano has an ancient weapon. He can tell Blackbeard that. He can tell Blackbeard that uh, Shir Hoshi is Poseidon. He knows about that. So, like, literally, like, he's he's kind of a game changer for Blackbeard in that respect. If Blackbeard is going to be going for the ancient weapons. But if Blackbeard wants an in with the world government, then that's kind of... Uh, you know, do you, uh, Shanks I, did go to the Gorosei yeah. and say he wants to talk about a certain pirate. And I think we, yeah, is a top suspect. I'm curious about this too, because the, the weapons are not mentioned, you know, like during the God Valley incident. And again, you know, we don't know much about Zebek, but Blackbeard has never really spoken about the, the no. weapons with the same kind of desire as like Crocodile, for example, or even the world government. So I'm, I'm very curious what his reaction is going to be to this information, because for the for the something that was kind of pointed out, I was I was watching Randy Troy talk about this. He's kind of pointed out that with with stuff like Van Auger being able to warp. Um, at this point, what the Blackbeard Pirates have unlocked is fast travel, is what he referred to it. And that kind of took me back because we've we've talked a little bit about before is that it kind of feels like we're going to need to do some backtracking at some point, right? Something needs to get us back in the direction of Wano. Something needs to get us back into the direction of, of wherever Vivi is, et cetera, et cetera. And that – something like – the Blackbeard pirates go make a mess of Wano, and then that comes to Luffy's attention, and they kind of realize that the next stop is Fishman Island. You know, Luffy's probably not going to go backtracking for, like, Momonosuke's sake necessarily right away. But in the case of Shirahoshi, he very much refers to her specifically as the crybaby who doesn't do anything. <laughs> so, like... That would be something where he's not going to do a, a, you know, you have your own adventures kind of thing. So that may open up the fact that they have Kuma's fruit technically right here. And, you know, now that kind of has to bring up the question. If the Blackbeard Pirates and the Straw Hat Pirates are kind of being this like yin-yang situation, they probably need fast travel, right? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, I want to fast travel to the beginning of this chapter because there's there's so much else. And I don't want to get lost in it. Um, just just on a general note, I love seeing the giant pirates doing their thing. It it's just so fun. It's it's so clear that Oda loves Vikings. Uh, we know that you know Vicky the Viking was a big influence for him as a mangaka and uh, when he was growing up. And so I think that Elbaf is going to be a blast. Uh, I do, though, get this weird feeling that Elbaf keeps getting brought up and it almost feels like it's getting brought up in the way that like Jimbei joining the crew gets brought up. <laughs> it's like that means that it's going to take us 10 years, you know, to get to that it's point. It feels it's like the, uh, it's the Fishman Island. Like when we were heading yep. in the direction of Saba Odi, like not even Saba Odi itself, just in that direction, we were talking about Fishman Island. Uh, and then it turned out we had to go on this huge detour. We you and I have talked that like 
we we thought that this was going to end in such a way that like a detour was going to be necessary but like i don't get that same vibe i think the giants being here is at this point barring some sort of actual deus ex machina that kind of seems like where we have to go from here unless story and brogy have a plan that we don't know about or this is the LBAF reunion we are going to get and it's going to result in them coming together and being like, we can't go to LBAF. We have to go to this island because that's where Jaguar D. Saul is. Or I don't know. I Oda could do anything at this point. I wouldn't put it past him. But uh, I, I do I do appreciate like the hints, the teases that we're going to get some Usopp content because he has not gotten much since Dressrosa. And, and even Dressrosa, it wasn't a ton. It was just kind of like a gag mini arc for the guy let's, well let's let's talk about usopp because because like for one you know i i'm the dress rosa defender of the two of us um i think i i think that he you know the ascension of god usopp is is a great moment um and and even now you know you think about how how like he's held up in this uh, how like you know he's held up by Herujin in the in the sun and everything, um, and they start calling him God Usopp. Like that's kind of funny in retrospect, isn't it? Like, oh, did somebody in the crowd think he was the sun god? That would be funny. But um, but like to to the Usopp thing, we it's kind of been the 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 matchups that people were kind of matching up Usopp and, and Van Auger just as like sniper v sniper, right? When it comes to like when the inevitable does go down. And it really does feel like Van Auger's power level has been raised significantly. That ceiling is way higher. And so, yeah, it does kind of feel like Usopp needs another kind of power up. But I think Dressrosa set the stage for this. We have like Usopp confirming like observation hockey particularly potent observation hockey he's mm-hmm. one of the he's one of like the two times we've ever seen observation hockey depicted in a panel and is is pretty dang accurate but he would need to level up to be able to hit somebody who can move at, at instant speed who could who can not only move at instant speed but predict an attack because what van auger does is not only deliver an absolutely chad delivery of a line but he also senses saturn's like sneaking claw on the side while he's distracting them and warps them both away before you know without even so much as you know blinking so if you're Usopp in that situation, you need to not only be able to hit somebody who can move it, 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 into, you know, or in and out of, of range. You also need to be able to predict where they're going to go, which is is anybody who's played an FPS game will tell you is the real key to success. And I mean, we have future sight established. I think that's the next stage for Usopp. And if we do go to Elbaf, that's where it has to happen. Yeah, you know, if, him having future sight. Even, you know, just something along yeah, those lines. Exactly. Like it's, future it, it, sight is probably what it takes. Yeah. Uh, it's probably not going to be Katakuri level. <laughs> Let's be clear. No, no, or no. Shanks I mean, level, even, you know. No, yeah. it's, 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 I mean, I wouldn't even say that like Zoro's Conqueror's hockey is at the same level as, as Luffy's, right? You know, like it, it, we're not going to get a point where like they're all as powerful as Luffy. That's not the point. Nah. But, but I think, you know, but they're if, progressing if alongside gonna... Luffy because correct. the anime has posited that Van Auger kind of like takes down Cracker, which implies a lot for like Van Auger's power level here because 
it took Luffy like gear forth just to break a cracker like a uh, uh, wall. And Van Auger is doing it with like bullets. And so not to say that he's as powerful as like gear forth Luffy necessarily, but it, it's just kind of telling that the other straw hats have to like really progress like past like the highest levels at this point, because that's a sweet yeah, commander. Is, you know, there's a lot of power scaling happening this week, uh, both because of that episode and because of this chapter. So I think that's a good time to talk about it in general. Um, when, when when you think about something like, oh, Van Auger goes and beats up Cracker, there's two things that kind of have to be taken into consideration. Aokiji is no, also there. So. Well, correct. But also, and, and also the manga, it, it, it is like a, a canon thing versus is it really filler in the anime? I, I I wouldn't like bring up a canonicity thing. I would I would more specifically say, you know, from a structural standpoint, there are two big things here. The first is a pre Wano Luffy and a post Wano Luffy, even pre Gear Fifth, is drastically different. The kinds of level ups that Luffy experiences through Wano are staggering. Like it is. It, like like re, if we're being honest here everything that luffy was doing until he got thrown in that prison in wano was things that he learned and developed back during the time skip even though we don't see them implemented until various stages of the story from luffy's perspective snake man has been a thing he has been able to do or has at least had working in his head since he got back to saba odi because that's where he got the inspiration for it that's why it's called snake man so what we're really talking about is Luffy had trouble – that Luffy had trouble with Cracker. Would this Luffy have trouble with Cracker? No, because of reason number two, which is that in the moment of the story where Luffy is dealing with Cracker, Cracker is an obstacle. Now – and this happens with every single villain in one piece. Deal with it, power scalers. This is how this works. That that threat level goes down because now it's you know they've been beaten. They're no longer the same kind of wall because that wall's been scaled. So it you know it would make sense then to not apply that same logic to a Luffy versus Cracker fight than you would to a Van Auger versus Cracker fight. But this chapter on that note, uh, this chapter does battle note, with that because here comes Rob. Because Luch. then here's because then we got to talk about old Rob Lucci, who supposedly fights Zoro to a standstill. And yeah, I think it's fair I, to say they're evenly matched. I, you know, well, they're evenly matched, except he's only got two swords out. My man yeah, hasn't and, even so much as put the third sword in his mouth yet. So people are freaking the heck out over what is clearly at this point, Zoro kind of underestimating Lucci, which is I don't think that's what it which is. Which is well, I mean I mean in terms of like the Zoro like what he's putting out right now is what he thought would be acceptable and it's not, right? It's the king thing again, where Zoro kind of had to push himself a little bit harder than he thought. That's most of Zoro's fights, right? Is he doesn't really take it seriously necessarily until he absolutely has to. I kind of disagree. On the band he's not putting on the bandana right away, is what I'm saying. Especially think, for a guy who's already had his butt kicked by Luffy twice. You know what I mean? No, I think I think what it is, and 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 I'm I'm gonna be bold in my pushiness here, but I think it's literally Zoro being like, I can't go all out here because I'm needed elsewhere. His job is to like hold Luchi back, not necessarily because I feel like Zoro thinks that if he goes all out like he did with King, he'll be out of commission. 
and he won't be able to move. He won't be able to do anything. He's like, he probably knows that that's what it would take to win. And he's not trying to win. He's trying to stall Lucci until he knows it's time that he can do something like that or he can just leave. Because I think he has the sense to understand like the, the situation that going all out is really risky because if he fails for whatever reason and he's out of commission, he doesn't just die. He puts everybody else in danger. So, so that's, the, that's my reason. So, so what I'm, so what I'm hearing John then is that you actually agree with me that Zorro is intentionally not putting out his, his best, but you're, you're saying it's for, less cocky reasons i think but, Lucci's but, but, kind of doing chiefly, the same thing yeah, i think that she's also holding it back a little bit i i want i want to i want to really glom on to the important thing here and that's that you agree with me that's well I, that's I need the to thing hold on to that i'm talking about what zoro thinks i think zoro believes that he would win i'm not necessarily sure he would like if he went all out i think it's more of like he knows it's high risk and but, it's uncertain but, but he probably has confidence that he could but importantly you agree with me that he's not going all out right now no yeah of course i agree with you he has two swords out it's objective it's, I, re- I really want to drive that point home you agree with me <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, has this never happened before but no i just it's it's just in because this is the, the this is the one conversation people will zero in on because we're actually talking about power scaling <laughs> oh i see what you're saying uh, yeah no but, uh, i think it i think it's clear that he's not going all out i think yeah. it, it's arguable and i lean to i don't think lucci is going all out either people um, yeah because yeah people i think just it's the same freaked thing out people just freaked out and i'm like i don't understand why you would do that right now we've seen nothing he's not he's not bandanaed up which is literally zoro's taking this to the next level mode like that's the visual indicator he's not even using all three swords like he's very clearly for whatever reason this is not a this is not the same fight as the king fight this isn't the same fight as like uh, even Mr. One for crying yeah, out loud. You it's know? not like, all or nothing. He's hedging his bets. And I think that it's, it's key to remember too. Like, I, I don't know what the power ceiling debate necessarily is. It's like, wait, well, shouldn't Zoro just it's, be able to well, it's, beat Lucci because, easily? Well, wait, the, the freak out, the freak out on the hell site was that Zoro is, is huffing fighting Rob Lucci. Meanwhile, Sanji is just brazenly kicking away, uh, Kizaru's attack. And so people are freaking <laughs> out. Oh, Okay, okay, yeah, that's wild because we have not seen Sanji actually like carry a fight, a skirmish with Kizaru. I think that, look, I, maybe I'll eat my dust here, but I do not think Sanji stands a chance against Kizaru for longer than maybe a few minutes. Like, he's just not that level. And I don't think Zoro would be able to last long against Kizaru either. At the same time, like, it's not just Sanji by himself, Luffy is also there. And he deflected one attack, one attack. We saw him deflect what a Virgo attack once. Like I, I will, it, I will say that I absolutely adore his line delivery as well, where he's just like completely hundred percent. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick your butt with the uh, better start drafting your apology. Like that's that's another great like smoke show line. That's so good. Yeah. We, we got a couple of real burns this chapter. I think you know it. I think it's. Kizaru has to be looking at the situation where it's Sanji and Luffy versus him and know that it, it's going to it's a tough fight. And like he already wasn't able to beat Gear Fifth Luffy toe to toe. He had to kind of escape well, and dart around. And 
Oh, it's the same. It's the same logic as Zorro that you were just you were mentioning. If, you know, if we if we accept that with Zorro, it's the same logic here. I don't think Sanji is really here to do a full scale. Let's have it out, and I'm going to kick your butt, and you're going to be knocked out kind of thing. Yeah. As much as it's, I need to buy as much time as possible to figure out how to get Vegapunk out of here, to buy the others time to get away. You know, it's it's they know what the plan is. Everybody involved knows what the plan is. Luffy. Is it like pursuing Saturn to finish kicking his butt, right? He's sitting there too because the, the goal is to get away, not to do anything else. Yeah, he's fitting in like a Taekwondo lesson for Bonnie. <laughs> um, which, by the way, we should also note that it, Luffy has been attacked at this point by Saturn. And so we, we do see Saturn do his like mental headshot blast and it affects Luffy momentarily. But I think that that's important to remember because it like it hits Luffy and then he immediately like bounces back rubber style and does Don Gatling, which amazing, um, amazing new attack. But Luffy's not at full strength. He never was. Like I think that like him and Sanji versus Saturn is going to be kind of fraught with like Luffy is still on a bit of a time limit. And that's like the tension, you know, of them now. I'm sorry. I said them against Saturn, them against Kizaru. And something's gonna have to give here because vegapunk's on death's door and i don't know what to make of that i find it very strange that like we don't get that kind of cathartic finality of vegapunk dying in front of bonnie and frankie they're both gone now now he's just gonna what perish right there i i don't know there's something kind of strange about it to me i don't know uh, is this really it no it can't be because he's not dead yet Mm-hmm. <laughs> like 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 again this is one of those things if Oda's going to kill a character it has to count so i'm not i'm just not going to i'm just not going to wrap it up yet um in terms of like catharsis and everything i think w- something that they could do that would help i think maybe motivate bonnie to whatever happens to her next uh it would be something like not getting that closure because now because she's going to she she more or less has her closure with kuma at this point right like like when that robot frame eventually does collapse like it's still going to be heartbreaking everything i'm sure we're all going to cry like babies but in terms of like getting her that closure she has that now yeah she, i mean she she's reached that point so replacing that with vegapunk is i think a valid way forward if we were yes. to do this but i still think i still think vegapunk has like one last secret to share yeah um, that's what i'm kind of wondering it's like is there going to be one kind of final thing he does here which by the way travis um you know luffy calls bonnie his friend he says you hurt my friend yeah, and, and Vegapunk, because right before that, he sees he finally sees Vegapunk, which people which feels to me, by the way, like Oda actually responding to criticism that like people were like, why is Luffy being goofy while Vegapunk's bleeding out of the ground? And it's like because it's you know, we talked about it. But, um, you know, there's that little moment of him actually realizing that Vegapunk is behind her bleeding out. And he's like, so it's like for both of them, he's he's doing that. Hmm. So I, I, I just I just put that out there to say well i think i think your stocks are even higher this week is what i'm aren't they to you i think because how in the world after this does bonnie not because she's i've been looking for you and she's like she wants him to show her how to she wants she is approaching luffy like young luffy approached shanks like the giant and Elbaf approach Shanks. She's going to want to learn from him. She's going to want, like, I just can't imagine her doing anything else. 
she's well, she's she's gonna want to here's, yeah here's another here's another thing that i'm gonna share with you and this is me again cribbing from someone else's notes but uh again i waited for the art tour video so i could get some you know uh because i'm not smart like you and learning a new language um to get some clarity on some of the translations it's something that he called out not necessarily as, as important but something that's been recurring recently oh yeah is, i noticed that is, is the just, change to what he refer how he refers to them specifically? Yeah, the, as the Japanese is different. It's Ar different. so Artur did a video about that. But he mentioned it in his video about the chapter that specifically oh, it's a re yeah it's a recent change uh, and it's a shortening of the word more than it is like a complete replacement. It's um, it's similar it's, to Kumachi. It, it, the way it that is, uh, it is. yeah Ginny refers to yeah and, Kuma. And it's specifically used in reference to Momonosuke, to children specifically. So like Momonosuke, Tama, and now Bonnie. So that's that at the very least is kind of Luffy acknowledging her real identity. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's brought to his attention or if it's just something that he intrinsically knows. It would not shock me in the slightest if Luffy has just always known the whole time that she was a child. Because that's honestly, that kind of seems like a thing he would intuit observation um, and, hockey and yeah not even that just just his own like luffy is dumb intuition as a sack, yeah he's he's dumb as a sack of hammers but his his intuition especially that emotional intuition is is incredibly powerful like it's just that he doesn't speak it out loud it's almost like he keeps that stuff to his chest um is it's like it's not his truth it's not his stuff to like and in the, and therefore it's like you know i'm not gonna out you to everybody you you, you but I know you and, you know, him being a child at heart, kind of, he probably has that same connection um, with her that he has with like Momonosuke or with Tama, um, you know, or even kind of with Shirahoshi, if we're being honest, even though yeah. she's older, he definitely treats her like a, like a little sister. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, now, that being said, all of those other characters did not join the crew, but Bonnie has been on the sea she has been a pirate she does like you said show me how to do it which kind of suggests to me that before we leave this island she is going to get to do that punch again to somebody if not saturn himself and you know she has been looking for him. now for the first time someone has said to luffy an actual direct reference to the sun god uh which he responds exactly how i expected him to with oh, that's a funny word uh but like <laughs> but like now it's out there now now it's gonna be a thing where like if if luffy isn't curious about it and let's be honest he's not he couldn't care less uh sanji's there he could have heard it frankie's there he could have heard it hey i mean vegapunk is right there before vegapunk expires he could be the one to quickly advise luffy what she was talking about or so the iron giant could show up because uh we didn't see the iron giant in this chapter we have not. We have but not. uh I if mean, vegapunk is still there to deliver some kind of like oh that reveal yeah, yeah like that iron giant man that is the biggest like red herring right now for me because we keep <laughs> checking in on it and it's just it's not moving and i don't know what to make of it i really don't like it feels so important and i'm sure when that shoe finally drops it's gonna blow my mind but like do yeah. it or get off the pot you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no 100 percent um last thing i wanted to say about sanji is that i do i i like getting to see him do the cool stuff and and you know standing up to kizaru i don't think that he stands a chance because come on but 
Even if he doesn't, I think that, uh, you know, people have been talking about like final matchups and whether or not Sanji is going to be a final matchup for Aokiji um, in terms of like Blackbeard, because it'll be like fire versus ice and everything. He's got to work hard to get to that point, I think, to like be Admiral level. And I think that if there's one thing I really want to give Wano a lot of credit for, we got a lot of Sanji progression in an arc that didn't belong to him. It was part and parcel with Whole Cake, for sure. But just seeing him kind of go through a bit of a transformation and at least at times be taken more seriously in the narrative and not just be a gag over and over again, like, you know, the horny pervert. I think that that has shown like real growth for the character that makes me think that he is like going to get to that place where he could stand up to Kizaru. And there's also something to be said about how every time he's like kind of treated as like not as strong as he thinks he is. So like most recently he uh, he's number four, right? Uh, because of uh, the, the bounty posters and then and, and because of Jimbei and Zoro having higher bounties before like he was like, but I think a uh, second and I think that, you know, got him up in his britches a little bit. It kind of like, you know, but now we see him kind of striving to like compete and do all of that. And that that's the Sanji that I like to see. That's the mode I like. Yeah, it's fun. And, uh, and you know, the, the references about love and stuff is is kind of is, is fun because, you know, you got to notice the eyebrow switching and everything to kind of understand what he's talking about. Um, it's it's kind of fun that his power ups are something that he's now leaning into a little bit more. Uh, but with uh, with basically just deciding he's going to gaslight himself into just like, oh, yeah, these are from my mom. Like, that's just what we're doing now is 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 uh, I could do cool stuff because of my mom and we're not going to talk about anything else ever again. Like, just 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 we're done. So that <laughs> that would be fun. Um, if Judge had shown up, could you imagine? <laughs> uh, let's read some comments. Uh, Pikeman said, quote, if that's true, then physics as we know it is dead. Coming from a guy who can shoot lasers from his hands because he ate a fruit. Feeling sorry for Sanji when he learns Bonnie's real age. Uh, I think Sanji knows, like we've talked about this, I think Sanji knows that Bonnie's a kid. Uh, he's acted normal with her. And I think that it, it I do think observation hockey kind of comes into play here. I think like Zoro was able to tell that she was a kid, I think, uh, way back in Sabaody. I, I just think that that's how the Oda's going to play it. Well, I mean, I mean, the, the first hint, right, to Blackbeard, something being wrong with Blackbeard was literally just Luffy and Zoro going, hey, yeah, there's something wrong with this guy. Right. Yeah. Like like that wasn't you know, that was kind of like latent hockey, you could say, or anything like that. But it's also just Stone Cold instinct. Right. Like it's just like, ah, something's wrong here. You know, I do uh, I wonder, though, you know what could happen? And I'd be so sad. I don't want Bonnie to end up having like a, a, a crush on Sanji. Please don't. <laughs> don't do that to us. No, um, no, I don't think because she's still I think she's too young to be in that state. I think the weirdest that's going to get is is the Seraphim thing with like Hancock. And it, even that is, you know, people yeah. have exploded that to like nonsense levels already. I I I don't see that whatsoever. Um, I think I think she's she's still very much in like that twilight of of her childhood kind of thing where it's it's not really a thing for her yet. Ooh, Hero 2 anime said Sanji versus Kizaru was already foreshadowed in the anime with the opening Wake Up, the first opening for Dressrosa arc. Uh, I don't yes. remember that. 
Uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's the um, it's the it's the a- anniversary one where they get the cool outfits, uh, like the like the the really like fancy outfits and there's this whole sequence of like them encountering uh, th- all the admirals and everything and like having it out and like Luffy's fighting a kainu like the anime just kind of like fanficked a battle basically yeah, yeah. and real talk that's what everybody's been using to like square up which admiral each uh straw hat would fight you know of, of the monster trio because uh, there was only the trio at the time so like that's kind of where the the kizaru uh sanji thing really gets most of its weight i know there's other things so like be, oh they both do kicks but like so it'd be, yeah on. it'd be jimbei versus uh green bull zoro versus fujitora sanji versus um kizaru who would be up against aokiji i guess we wouldn't Aokiji is black well, Aokiji, so it wouldn't be. Aokiji, yeah, Aokiji wasn't included in this because this was already yeah, post so time just, skip. Yeah, be Luffy Akainu. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that's fair which enough. which I do think Luffy fights Akainu just for the catharsis. I don't even think it's like uh you know we need to do this as like a necessary. It's just like man opened a donut shop and that donut shop needs to close. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Kenshin Goku said. Uh, here's the thing. There's no way the Blackbeard pirates could have known Saturn would be there. Even some of the soldiers didn't know he was with them until he touched on Egghead. So they definitely went to Egghead for something else. They were probably trying to copy someone high up the ladder and pure luck. Saturn was there. That's the only thing that makes sense. So yeah, I think, uh, I think we were all in agreement there. I think that was your kind of main theory. I think, yeah, it sounds right to me. But it's 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 the it's the real yin and yang of of Blackbeard and Luffy's crews, right? It's it's the just by random chance they just happen to find themselves yeah. constantly in the middle of these events, and and I think that's kind. Of, it's almost like it's almost like a chaos god playing the odds here right like dare i invoke the animorphs or something but like (laughs) uh if you know what i mean you know what i mean listeners uh where it's just like almost like let's just see what happens if we just throw all these elements together where these two opposing ideologies are like at war without even realizing it uh but really it's just like blackbeard just like luffy is a is a is a creature of fate and it's how he takes that fate and runs with it that separates them from everybody else yeah um also uh kind of funny how luffy fought rob lucci and then now zoro's fighting rob lucci and then luffy fought kizaru and now Sanji's fighting Kizaru. <laughs> so it's kind of like uh, Luffy is like, hey, take my sloppy seconds, uh, crew. But uh, yeah. But then, and then Jinbei is kind of swooping in too. So yeah, we were wrong about that, by, by the way. We thought that uh, maybe, you know, Zoro and Luchi's fight would have just like ended and Luchi would have just like abandoned the fight or something and Jinbei would have just found Zoro. But no, uh, they're still going at it. So we were wrong about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder if Zoro's going to be super receptive to Jinbei being like, okay, fight's over. Let's go, son. Like, he's picking up his, <laughs> his kid. I wonder how Zoro's going to be receptive to that because man does not like running away either. Uh, this is a big comment from Snickersnack. Uh, let's go, Elbaf. Thought we also get to see Hedrudin, but he did create a separate giant pirate crew. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it supposed to be green ogre, not blue? I don't, I don't know actually. Uh, Brook drinking tea instead of panicking is a good callback to uh, Sab- uh, Shabandi. Um, I don't. What is, what is Shabandi? Do you remember? I have to look oh, that up. I can't. I can't remember. Uh, Vegapunk, please live. If only Law is still with them, he could have rescued Vegapunk. Uh, or Chopper. 
Chopper's there. <laughs> Chopper has skills. Uh, but I guess they yeah, they're thinking of uh, you know, his special, you know, fruit abilities as a doctor too. Uh, Sanji's hockey enhanced body. Good to see him confront Kizaru at last. Dang it, Blackbeard's about to learn about Shirahoshi and Pluton's location in Wano. Could there be a future fanboy versus fanboy battle between Bardo and Caribou? LOL. And if Yamato ends up joining the crew, a potential battle of mythical dog fruits could be brewing versus Katarina. Oh, yeah. that Okay, yeah. You, I think you did kind of mention uh, yeah. Yamato in that. Uh, but yeah, I didn't think of that square up. That actually works pretty well. That huh? is, yeah. 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 Um to uh to that previous comment. Uh yeah, Dory and Brogy are red and blue ogres uh cuz the they're opposing colors and Yeah, Shrek is purple. the green ogre people. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Oh, and the last thing from Snickersnack was of uh, kind of flawed that Saturn used his legs instead of his hockey to attack Blackbeard crew. That's true, I guess. Yeah, he didn't just do his like, you know, mental power. Um yeah, How does that, that? What is that? Like, that's the biggest thing with Saturn <laughs> right now, right? Uh, it's like, what is this dude about? Like, this guy just keeps standing here and letting things happen. And like, again, it's cockiness, right? Like, he he still thinks he's in control of all of this, and, and maybe he is. Who knows? But like, like he uses the attack on Luffy, and Luffy shakes it off. Is that because Luffy's too powerful, or is mm-hmm. it something else? Is it the fruit? Is this a hockey thing? You know, what's the situation there? He gets hit by Luffy, kind of gets back up, and then he just sits there and has a chat. But like, you also get the, there's reveals here. The the Gorosei know all of this about Blackbeard, and I can't help but like come back to this thing. Like, I know the answer to this is probably again just the story wasn't completely figured out yet, but. They just really let all this crap happen in the world instead of just dealing with it. Like, if you knew Teach was going to be this kind of thing running around, why not do something about it? Because they're insects. Why? Why? Yeah, right. It's it's cockiness again, and that's probably what's going to be their undoing. But it's just it's just it's one of those things where like people are going to nitpick it forever. Yeah. They're like, you know, just why didn't you go? Like Luffy's powers are rubber. Why didn't you just go grab him anyway? And it's like it's not like they weren't trying, you know. But like it, people are going to nitpick the heck out of it. And I gotta be honest, Saturn is basically standing around just like dragon. Like if you're going to do dragon slander and be like he's never done anything, Saturn continues to. This man literally got out of his chair, got out of a boat, went to an island, transformed into a giant spider monster, and for the most part, outside of, like, stabbing one dude, has effectively still just sat here somehow. That's wild to me. Hmm. I'm, I'm like, what is your game, old man? What are you doing? <sighs> yeah. Um, oh, I, I looked up. Uh, Shabandi is just another way of saying Sabaodi. Uh, and some Latin American oh, that'll translations. Do that'll yeah. do it. Uh, I was like, I thought that maybe was it. Um, Brooke, Brooke is so good at cutting through the seriousness with the levity. He's he's so val- he's so valuable and underrated. Yeah. Um, lots of other interesting comments here. Uh, Kenshin and Goku had another one. So Blackbeard is aiming for world domination, king of the world, just like Rox Zebek. Blackbeard has a special bloodline, and I doubt it's D lineage. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, he is a D, so I don't know why they're saying that. But anyway, and now more than ever, it's fair to assume when Shanks met with the Gorosei, it was to talk about Blackbeard. I was hoping Luffy would kill Saturn and that would be the big news. But now that Devon can copy or has copied Saturn, there's no way Saturn is dying now because what would have been the point of that whole scene? 
So that's a really good point. Uh, Caribou, I think, is going to die. Devon and Augur, doesn't, they don't seem like the type to take recruit, especially one who is kissing up big time. If Blackbeard was there, yes, uh, Blackbeard would take him in, but those two are straight killers. They probably won't waste their time bringing someone they don't know much about. Hell, I can see Caribou saying, I know where Pluton is, and before he can finish the words, bang, Augur pops his head off. On a side note, Vegapunk better get through this. It's kind of crazy. He doesn't have a plan for when he gets a life-threatening uh, injury for the smartest man in his verse. That's pretty silly. Uh, my only thing is I do think that, uh, if caribou kind of mentioned something that Blackbeard wants to hear, I think they will take him. Um, I think that they're loyal enough to teach, uh, at that point. And so I, I don't see, I, I don't see an issue with buying that. You I, know, think, I don't think it's too much of a stretch. I think he just offers them some information like yeah. that's, uh, again, they're, they're they might know about like this stuff because of Blackbeard. So, like, if he mentions Pluton, they might know, like, oh yeah, that, that's that they, thing that Teach was talking about. You know? They clearly know more about Blackbeard than we do. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, if, if this if this was uh, you know San Juan Wolf, maybe Caribou would have a tougher time. But these are, I think, I think Devon and Augur are, you know, they're more of like the elder states people of this uh, of this crew. That the, they carry more of the brain cells is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, they're like the Jim Bay and the the Robin. <laughs> you know, if we're being serious, um, it looks like one of uh, this is from Ignisha. It looks like one of the QB fruits requirements to copy a person's appearance is to touch them. Reminds me of another fruit. Anyway, things are picking up again and again and again. Seriously, this arc hasn't disappointed yet. Uh, I think that the fruit they're talking about there is sugar's fruit, right? From uh, Dressrosa, uh, Bon Clay. Because Bon oh, yeah, works. Oh yeah, true too, huh? It's just, but that's but that's where I have to say, okay, so yeah, Bon Clay can like make himself a physical copy of somebody, but he can't replicate their clothes, which uh, Katarina Devon can do. Um, and 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 really, you know, it's an illusion with her because she's not just like doing a mask right she's she's transforming to fool someone which is that introduction of that devil fruit so i think that's the play here is whatever she's doing she's going to be able to emulate saturn enough to be able to do something hmm. i don't yeah. know what Put but something uh, Chromatica said, I'm going to make a guess. Instead of saying the giant pirates have returned, the world government is going to shift it. So Luffy's grand fleet was the one who assisted the Straw Hats, blew up Egghead, and killed Vegapunk. This will be the groundbreaking news that was foreshadowed back in Dressrosa when the grand fleet was formed, but it'll be spun on its head in world government and Oda fashion. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? Like, the giant pirates getting kind of roped in with the new giant pirates um, and the, the, you know, the fake news of it all. I think that'd be pretty funny and kind of, you know, huge you know, uh, implication wise. That is interesting. Like this has to be reported, right? <laughs> I can't like, we keep kind of glossing over the fact that this already has a, like an ep epitaph itself is like the egghead incident. Like, how exactly does this get reported? Like, even even putting aside does Saturn die, you know, live or die? Like, Luffy put his hands on an Elder Star, and he's not even the only one to do that in this arc. They can't just let that out, right? Mm. Like, 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 sure, it would be the talk of the town, but the very like, literally, the Gorosei have gone out of their way to build this structure that obfuscates the very nature of the world. Uh, it, it, and their true selves for lack of a better term when it comes to like their transformations and stuff like like letting that information out is just an upset to the balance of power because 
I mean, even if they weren't giant spider people or whatever, Luffy just cold cocks this guy. Kuma, the slave, cold cocks this guy, right? These cannot be, this cannot be information that the world gets because, I mean, you might as well just hand Dragon a victory on a silver platter at that point when it comes to, like, the ideological debate. These, pe these people can be harmed. That's, you're not supposed to know that. <sighs> oh, did, boy. Did Luffy punching Charlos get reported? I don't think so. Interesting, huh? <laughs> no, no. I mean, it wouldn't make sense for it to be reported. Uh, Vesarto said something here. This, this could be interesting. Who wants to bet Caribou has the rubbings of the straw hat poneglyphs? Travis. Shut he up. Could. He could. What's he been up to all this time? He can contain which, that stuff in the swamp. Which... which Poneglyphs did uh did Law have after Wano? Because Robin gave him the Wano one and yeah. he had the Zoe one, right? He did. I don't think he had the Big Mom ones. So did, I think did, the Big yeah, Mom that's the ones. Question. Did Robin give him the Big Mom one too? I don't think so. So I think and if so, that's one thing. But yeah, I don't I think the Big Mom one is the one that Blackbeard needs right now. Or one of them. So if Caribou has that how unbelievable would it be too if the straw hats like had no poneglyphs anymore <laughs> or uh and i know that uh robin kind of has it in her head and everything but still because i think do, she just do needs you, do to you think do you think they would not have more than one copy i don't know yeah i guess this we'll find like, out i mean i mean we know there's at least two because robin gave a copy to law of the wano one but like and kid she gave one to kid as well right yes so well so no there law are... gave it to kid he right, said yeah, wouldn't so there, be there, sporting yeah so there there's there's copies already and i'm just gonna give nico robbins some credit here like we said she's the elder states person if i were on the straw hat ship i would just assume that something's gonna happen and they use <laughs> these as like a napkin or something i mean they're not a uh, kinko's though where are they getting all the paper for that fine okay i i mean I, I'm just speaking. I'm just speaking from the logist logistics of like she's been on this boat with these people long enough to know that like at l there's at least four or five of them that are going to use the poneglyph rubbings to like eat off of or clean up or make a paper airplane out of or eat. You know, like <laughs> it's entirely oh, possible. Um, Spider Prime said, Red King, someone call Ultraman. Yeah, I forgot oh, to mention that's an Ultraman reference. I was going to bring this up. I six, love that. Six love that throat chin or six chin throat Red King is his moniker. I can't believe I didn't like, I can't believe I didn't clock it sooner. That's uh, I'm ashamed if anything, but I'm not. I, I watched a little bit of Ultraman when it was on like uh, WB or something like that years and years ago. It was like trying to be Power Rangers at a certain point. And then, yeah. Um, House of Pain. Ooh, What's ooh, the over under for that? Oh, sorry. What's the over under <laughs> of Caribou having his devil fruit harvested by Blackbeard after he spills the beans on the ancient weapons? I don't know. Uh, who would he give the devil fruit to? <laughs> That's the only thing. Uh, it's swamp for. I don't know. I feel like he'd probably look at it and be like swamp. Okay, sure. I don't. I don't think he, it's. He takes the devil fruits from the non-joiners. I think he doesn't really like what what people just want to see Caribou pay for his for his perceived betrayal, which is weird because like 
he's not a member of the crew. <laughs> you all just like Stockholm syndrome him into it. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he's not going to get punished for this. He's going to get rewarded. This is this is how this works. Uh, ex- he gets to live his dream. Xavier Price said Sanji unlocking Conqueror's hockey now would be pretty cool. Don't know if that's what's happening, but it would be cool. Got to keep Sanji and Zoro on fairly equal footing after all. And man, everyone is coming out of the woodwork in this arc. We really are gearing up for the end game. I have a counterpoint. I don't want Sanji to have Conqueror's hockey. I want him to have something else. And it sets him apart because that's more Sanji to me. I don't think he's a conqueror. I I think even Jinbei kind of having conqueror's hockey, I thought was always a little strange to me, but fine. Sanji, I feel like he's such an unconventional character. And I think that even that whole mantra of like love is stronger than hate or than light. Him having his own version of that, but it'd be very uniquely him would be more satisfying to me. The only issue is, is, you know, as as Kaido said, you know, hockey is kind of the end all be all, right? So, but Sanji would say that he's like, love is happen. the end all be all. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, love it's, hockey. It's probably, I mean, I mean, these guys are idiots, right? Like, chances are good that like, like if if somebody had never told them about hockey, they would have never clued in on it, like at all. They would have just been like, yeah, I just could do that. Like, like Kaido was the one who pointed out to Zoro that he was using Conqueror's hockey. He's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I just, I just did that with my might which is just hockey but like (laughs) you know what i mean like uh, i think it's probably gonna happen i see what you're saying especially since he gets this very unique power up from like from his lineage and like whole cake specifically um and i think that that's gonna do a lot of heavy lifting but i mean hockey's the end all be all if sanji is gonna be up there in the upper echelons of like 1v1s going forward i think it's just necessary you know yeah um just a couple left here. Uh, they kind of go together. Adams K zero said clever, steal the appearance of one of the guys who can order human weapons around and top the list at that. The only wild cards are the ones modeled after Kuma. And if the Seraphim will grow past their programming as they age. In addition, little things like S snake de petrifying people because Luffy asked, having inherited a crush on him from her genetic source. And then blue Dan Bob said, Katarina possibly absorbing St. Saturn's powers. I think you already kind of touched on that. I, I do kind of wonder if that's possible, <laughs> if like the whatever the Gorosei have, like the, the yokai kind of thing. I, I, I don't know. Could she, could she at least make it look like she does? It, you Maybe, know, can she take the spider form, you know, like that kind of thing? Because we don't know if she's taking on like be, the full on powers or if it's just like right. a, a weird sort of watered down yeah. version or something. Uh, il- illusion is what I'm leaning towards personally. And then last last comment here is from uh, BRNDNDSS. I think that's the most emotive Kazaru has ever been getting blocked like that. Sure. I don't care about Kizaru. He's not my friend and I don't like him. Uh, but he <laughs> he does kind of have the look on his face is a little bit like what? <laughs> um, I think Kizaru in general here. I just man, this guy like what a terrible person through and through like i i just at this point you know what i mean like what does he get out of this like i i just i hope we get something from this more than i'm just following orders and i can't think for myself it's like how does a person like that get as powerful as he is that's the thing that kind of weirds me out it's like he's this powerful but he's this much of a stooge it's just weird to me 
I mean, that's uh, that's the the myth of meritocracy, right? In action. Mm. I mean, I, I mean, when you think about it, like that's the salary man analogy that a lot of people make in regards to the the admirals, right? You got the guy who's who gets burnt out and quits and becomes a, a criminal. Uh, <laughs> you have the the salary man who just accepts his fate and you know kind of loses his sense of self, and then you have the guy who moves up the ranks and hates it and is stuck behind a desk for the rest of his life. <laughs> mm. That's the thing is like, like, I can at least, I see a Kainu, he, he is somebody who burns with his convictions, you know, and that's where he derives his strength. I see that, you know, Fujitori gets his strength from honor. Green Bull gets it from like sadism. And I would say, you know, Aokiji gets, seems to get his from just like this, like troubled backstory with Garth. I would say he gets it from indignity. Like, like he, he doesn't have that respect or anything. And that gives him an edge. But then with, what is it with Kizaru? Borsalino himself? He, I, would, I, would say, I would say... Nothing. The, well, I would say, I would take that idea and I would run with it and say that that's the point. That Like, like the point here is that because he at this point doesn't have any conviction, he doesn't have any, you know, grounding that even... That that even like number four on the straw hats could kick his his bolts away like like he does not have the power to put up or shut up now, like yeah. I think I think to your point that's why he's getting kind of clowned on here over and over again is because he doesn't have that right I think that's the case you know if we're gonna power scale remember that you know it it also kind of comes down to how serious you're being you know in any given situation and. Uh, that is something to be said about the new anime solo leveling, which is anyway. All right. <laughs> um, that's it for us. Uh, it was a, a meaty chapter. Eleven oh eight is going to be coming out pretty soon. And Travis, I I don't know, man. I I, I genuinely have to wonder where we go from here. Uh, I I think we're getting set up for the Great Escape, and you know, maybe a couple other pieces are moving. I think it's going to be quick and fast. I think it's going to be like, I, like you said, I don't think we're going to be having this, like these big lingering fights going on with like Luffy and Sanji and Kizaru and, and Lucian's or I think we're going to be in kind of like whole kick Island mode where it's like, it's get out of here. Right. It's, I mean, I mean, I came into this thinking we were getting a Zoe where it's like, we're kind of decompressing. We're going to get some information. We're going to set the stage to like move to our next steps. And instead, literally everything has happened. So I <laughs> it's mean, like world war we egghead over here. Be, yeah. We have to be getting to the end of this, right? Like what else could we be doing? It hasn't been that long of a chapter wild enough, especially if you only take into account the egghead content and you take out all the detours to like, you know, around the world and, you know, eight chapters or whatever that was, uh, it was more than and, eight. And all, and, and all of it, all of it is, is just like, it's stuff we would see in like, uh, cover stories before, right? Like we're getting right. all of this well, cooking like to- from stuff that was side stuff before. I know we've characterized it this way before, but it really is sort of like, this is like the first round of a tournament arc. And then we're going to get some stuff and some in between. And then the second round is going to kick off during the next arc. <laughs> and we're going to get like the same thing, which would be kind of fascinating, which would be such a cool storytelling flex from Oda. Just be like, my version of a tournament arc is like this world spanning, you know, dozens of characters running into each other and it being the end all be all for them. I mean, that would be kind of cool, but uh, maybe that's maybe that's overpromising a little bit. 
I mean, it, after like these meaty, ch like we keep getting these absolutely stacked chapters. I don't even know if I would say that that's over promising at this point. <laughs> uh, we'll see you all next time. And uh, Travis, we didn't make a lot of predictions in this chapter, but I think that that's probably for the best. It's like, you know what? <laughs> we got to know our place. <laughs> but let's see what happens. Yeah, we've we've fi we've we've figured it out. We've figured you out, Oda. You're listening and and specifically changing the right. story based yeah. on our predictions. So we we got gotcha. you. We got gotcha. you.